This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ready or not, like it or not, it's another Monday. This one, February the 17th. 2020. It is BOL Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, with you here on Daybreak three times per week, doing our best anyway to get your week going with a cup of the Crimson Tide. And look, for some of you folks, if you've got those government jobs or perhaps you work for a financial institution, you're probably off today anyway for President's Day. I know the schools are out. You know, I know it's the boomer coming out in me, but it seems like the kids are out of school at least two or three days a week. Got to be at least two or three days a week they're home, right? If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it is daybreak. It is a Monday. We have a lot to get to on the podcast today. We're going to talk some Alabama wide receiver position a little bit later in the program. But first, a review of the sports weekend that was largely around the University of Alabama campus, although you did have the Alabama softball team down in Clearwater, Florida, for that St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational, some really good competition for Patrick Murphy's team down there. The Crimson Tide goes 3-2, and two, wins games against Liberty, Washington, and South Florida, dropped games to UCLA, who, by the way, UCLA, of all the teams down there, Uh, Over the weekend, the defending national champions looked very much like national champions, just sort of running roughshod through some opponents down there, including Alabama uh, in that afternoon game on Friday. Uh, But without Rachel Garcia and Bubba Nichols, a couple of Olympic hopefuls for this upcoming summer games over in Tokyo, for that team to be without those two players and look as dominant as they did, very impressive for the UCLA Bruins, but the Crimson Tide goes three and two, uh, and now we'll return home and we'll get its uh, home schedule going on coming up this weekend. So you're going to have Alabama softball for the first time uh, this season in Tuscaloosa. Should be a, a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to have that Easton Bama bash getting underway. You're going to have Wichita State in town, Penn State. And Louisville and Murph still trying to figure some things out with this team. Alyssa Brown is center fielders out for an extended period of time now with a hand injury that required surgery. I thought in those games down there with Alexis Mack hitting in the leadoff spot pretty much throughout the five games uh, with Kaylee Tao in that two spot with Bailey Hempful in the three hole. Um, what'd you have? You had KB Sides uh, hitting behind Skylar Wallace, who was hitting cleanup. So you had Wallace four, KB Sides five, Maddie Morgan making her season debut in the six hole playing third base. You saw some flashes of what this team can be. Still got some ground to cover. Uh, you wonder a little bit about Montana Fouts, not her best of outings. 
uh, down there over the weekend, but you know what she's capable of. You saw that firsthand on so many occasions during the 2019 season. So the bottom line, it's early. It's early, folks. Just settle down. Going to get this sorted out. And uh, too much talent, even with the injuries, even with Claire Jenkins, which is a big part of what you're seeing Alabama still try to sort out uh, right up the middle of its defense. But you get Abby Dore eligible, the freshman catcher. No no wasted time in getting her in the lineup, right? Uh, catching and uh, had a big home run in her second at bat as a member of the Crimson Tide in that first game down in Clearwater against Liberty. So uh, just, just exhale. Just a little patience. You know, they weren't going to eight-run rule everybody on the schedule. Uh, but an opportunity certainly this weekend to uh, get well a little bit with the opponents coming in from Wichita State, Penn State, and Louisville. So Friday on campus, you had Alabama baseball cranking up its 2020 season, hosting the Huskies from Boston, Northeastern University baseball in town for three games. Crimson Tide outscores Northeastern 24-3 to in a three-game sweep. You saw some fresh faces sort of uh, combine with some familiar faces in that lineup. How about Owen Diodate doing his thing for the Alabama baseball team over the weekend? All Owen did, uh, the O and Owen, by the way, obviously stands for offense because all Owen did in that three-game sweep, six of nine with five extra base hits, three of those being home runs. He had eight RBI. He reached base four other times on base on balls. He scored six runs, so a pretty good debut weekend, I'd say, for the freshman from Canada. Bohannon's got him some Canadians, some Canucks down here south of the border. Diodate being one of them. Also, another Canadian on Sunday getting the start on the bump, Antoine Jean. How about that name? That's a top five name probably in Alabama baseball history, isn't it? Antoine John, one of two freshman lefties to get starts for the Crimson Tide uh, over the weekend. He gets a win, a little bit of a rocky start there early on Sunday, but he settled in, his defense settled in, uh, and the Crimson Tide closed out that sweep Sunday with a 6-3 to win over Northeastern. Again, some of those familiar names like Brett Auerbach, Colby Robinson, Drew Williamson, Tyler Gentry, T.J. Reeves, even though it wasn't the best of weekends for T.J. Reeves. Uh, this does have the feel of a team offensively that as we get into this season is going to be capable of putting up some big numbers like most teams in college baseball where the intrigue and the mystery sort of comes in is how the pitching exactly is going to play out. But we won't know more about that until we get a few weekends probably into this season at least. And that's where tomorrow afternoon against Troy at the Joe, you'll find out more about this team. And then this team, after a home game against Alabama State on Wednesday, will head to Vegas for a weekend in Vegas. Three games against the base running Rebels of UNLV. That'll reveal more about this team. So kind of a wait-and-see approach, uh, but certainly some really positive buzz uh, for this third Alabama baseball team under Brad Bohannon as we move forward. Certainly the centerpiece of the weekend was Alabama men's basketball on Saturday afternoon 
at Coleman Coliseum. That followed Alabama Gymnastics. Had that quick turnaround from gymnastics Friday night at Coleman to hoops on Friday afternoon. The Alabama Gymnastics team, by the way, a third straight win. This one over Arkansas. Came at a bit of a price, unfortunately, for Dana Duckworth's team. As sophomore Griffin James went down with a lower extremity injury on the floor late in the meet. So with that news in mind, now Alabama will head to second-ranked Florida on Friday for a 5 Central p.m. meet that will be televised by the SEC Network. But the game on Saturday afternoon, Alabama-LSU, memorable enough because Wendell Hudson had his jersey retired at halftime of the game. Wendell, obviously, uh, incredibly impactful to the University of Alabama as a whole, the first African-American scholarship athlete at the Capstone. So a a very memorable time on Saturday with his jersey going up in the rafters at Coleman Coliseum at the half. And then the basketball you had on both sides of that halftime uh, was pretty much thrilling, I guess you could say, for Nate Oates' team. Crimson Tide, early in the second half, about five minutes into the second half, goes up 18, and you're thinking – Should be okay from here. But then you remind yourself that, look, this is kind of what LSU does. LSU, under Will Wade, pretty much digs itself into a hole and then sort of frees itself before going on to finish teams down the stretch. And it started to have that feel once again, didn't it? With about, I don't know, five, six minutes to go. On Saturday, Kyra Lewis picks up his fourth foul. Alabama's still leading by 13 with a little under six to go. But he picks up his fourth foul. He has to leave the floor. And immediately, LSU employs some full-court pressure that puts Alabama in a little bit of a frantic state of mind. You could see it out there. Sped Alabama up, which was exactly the intent of going with that pressure, if not turning Alabama over altogether. And with that, LSU goes on a 12-4 run to make it a five-point game with 3.05 left. You get to the under-four media timeout, which Nate Oates was obviously hoping for, hoping to get to without burning a timeout, so he could at that point get Kyra back into the game. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. But it's a one-in-one situation with Alabama up five. Galen Smith had just gotten fouled. He's going to the free throw line. And if we're being honest, we're thinking, good thing to get to the bonus. Not so great thing that it's Galen Smith that's going there first. But to his credit, and really to Galen Smith's credit, because in a game like this, sort of like Georgia the previous Saturday, you can have a heroic performance or two like you had from Kyra in Athens, but you're going to have to get something from some other guys. It was JB and Davis who gave you 13 and eight against UGA last Saturday, the previous Saturday. Well, it was Galen Smith. That was kind of that dude against LSU. He gives you double digit 
points. He gives you six boards. I think four of those were on the offensive glass, a couple of them late that were really, really big. And Galen Smith steps up to the line in a five-point game in the one-on-one, and he hits them both. Pushes Alabama out to a seven-point lead. LSU makes another couple of runs to get it to two. Um, and you, know, you get a cut. You you get well the most memorable moment. Well, alongside the Wendell Hudson jersey retirement, but in a seventy-seven to seventy-five game with one thirty-seven left, Herb Jones steps to the free throw line with a injured left wrist, which prohibits him, prevents him from being able to shoot free throws with his dominant hand. And he goes Bo Kimball, if you're old enough to remember anyway. Bo Kimball, the former Loyola Marymount standout, who you talk about memorable moments, man. Uh, In that 1990 NCAA tournament, or also maybe even the conference tournament out there uh, in 90, uh, you saw Bo Kimball shoot a couple of free throws with his offhand in tribute to his fallen teammate, Hank Gathers, uh, who had passed away literally on the court uh, during that late season run by Loyola Marymount, which included, if you're an Alabama fan who's old enough, if you're not, YouTube is your friend, or maybe you don't want to YouTube it. Loyola Marymount beat Alabama in the 16 in that 1990 NCAA tournament before falling to eventual national champion UNLV in the Elite Eight. And that's so that's what I thought of as an old fart. I thought of Bo Kimball. When Herb Jones puts the ball in his right hand and makes not one, first one kind of craw- crawled over that front rim, went in. Second one, nothing but bottoms. And now Alabama's back out to a four-point lead. LSU, to its credit, would not go away. And with that, you still needed some big, big threes in those last couple of minutes from Jaden Shackelford. Alex Reese on a scramble play with a huge three. And so, again, one of those games in which you could extrapolate numerous, multiple uh, sequences that were just absolutely huge. And you could just start at the six-minute mark, and and that's all you would need to do uh, to come up with, with more than a few of those. But Alabama gets the job done, 88-82, to keep its NCAA tournament hopes alive. Uh, that is a quad one win over the LSU Tigers. The Crimson Tide now in the mid-30s when it comes to net ranking. So look, 14-11, and 6-6 six and six in the league. We talked about the need for at least a split uh, in this in this week that had Auburn on the road and LSU in Tuscaloosa. Alabama gets it, and now it gets Texas A&M on Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock at Coleman Coliseum. That game will air on the SEC Network. The Aggies will come to town at 12-12 and 12 overall and 6-6 six and six themselves in the league following a comeback win over the Georgia Bulldogs over the weekend. 74-69, the Aggies take down the Dogs. Aggies trail by nine at the half, and we'll get more into this game on Wednesday's edition of Daybreak, but you know the names for A&M. If you're an Alabama fan and you pay attention to hoops, Josh Nebo, the power forward, comes in averaging 11.5 and 6.5 on the glass. You've got Savion Flag on the wing. He had 16 in A&M's win here in Tuscaloosa last year. Uh, interesting development for A&M in that the guy who hit that game-winning shot here in Tuscaloosa, TJ Starks, the guard, no longer with the Aggies. He has transferred to Cal State Northridge, where he is sitting out a transfer year 
and he is expected to play next season for, you know who the coach is? Cal State Northridge these days? That's right. Former Alabama guard and head coach, Mark Godfrey. Small world college basketball is, isn't it? Uh, Keeping it with hoops real quick before we move into some football coming up in just a little bit. Uh, You've got the Alabama women's team on Sunday. Uh, Unfortunately, coming back from a 22-point deficit in the third quarter, talking about coming back from big big early second-half holes, uh, Alabama women's basketball did that on Sunday afternoon. Down 47-25 early in the third quarter. Went on a 25-10 run to close the quarter. Get within seven. Ultimately, push that game into overtime. Alabama actually took the lead in OT on a free throw by Jordan Lewis. But the dogs get it done by a single point. And that's Alabama's fourth SEC loss this season. By five points or fewer. Now four and eight in the league. And a couple of those losses especially painful when you consider they came against ranked teams in Texas A&M and Kentucky. And in both those games, A&M and Kentucky were without their best players. A&M was without Kennedy Carter, the standout guard. Kentucky, uh, a scoring machine. And Ryan Howard did not play. In the second go-around against the Crimson Tide, Ryan Howard in the first meeting with Alabama this season had 43. So there's been some opportunities missed, unfortunately, for Alabama women's basketball. Hey, let's talk some football before we get out of here on a Monday because you've probably already seen it. It dropped early this morning. A piece on the wide receiver position at Alabama. The Crimson Tide losing a good bit of production in Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III, but certainly returning a good bit of production in Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Devontae Smith coming off a season in which he surpassed the 1,200-yard receiving mark, a season in which he led the Crimson Tide in touchdown receptions with 14. Jalen Waddell coming off a November, specifically, in which he was absolutely electric starting with LSU to open that month and ending with the Iron Bowl at Auburn to cap it. 21 total touches in the month of November for Jalen Waddell. Seven of those between kickoff and punt returns and receptions. Seven of those 21 touches in November went for touchdowns. That's what you're bringing back in Jalen Waddell to go along with Devontae Smith. Now, obviously, this has been a rotation that hasn't been just a one-man show or even a two-man show. It's been a three- and four-man show the last couple of years. So that opens the, 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 the way, opens the door for guys like John Mechie, Tyrell Shaver, Slade Bolden, Xavier Williams, early enrollees, and Tyu Jones-Bell and Treshawn Holden are going to be in that mix quickly when spring practice gets underway here in Tuscaloosa next month. Mechie, the most reasonable candidate to sort of emerge and perhaps join Smith and Waddle in that top three had that breakout type performance in last year's A-Day game. Five catches for 133 yards in that scrimmage. He was your Dixie Howell Memorial MVP of the Spring Game Award recipient. 
you saw him on a very limited basis during the 2019 season, just not enough targets, a lot of targets available when you've got four guys like Alabama had at the top of that of that room. But certainly the opportunity there for Mechie now, he had four catches for 23 yards as a true freshman. Terrell Shavers, very limited opportunities heading into his fourth year in the program. Bolden had his Wildcat package in the 2019 season, which he was uh, particularly effective within, converted a couple of critical possession plays in games like South Carolina and Auburn, working from that Wildcat quarterback spot. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Xavier Williams, another one of these South Florida products to go along with Tyu Jones-Bell, who just made his way onto campus. You've got a guy in Treshawn Holden with some size at 6'3", 190 pounds, uh, that has made his way to UA from the state of California. So pretty wide open for those spots, three, four, five. Really, you're looking at a six-player six rotation at the max that you're going to utilize on a weekly basis. Uh, and again, we saw some glimpses of Mechie last year uh, when Henry Ruggs III was out for that Western Carolina game back in November. Alabama went with more two tight end sets uh, in that matchup with WCU, which made sense on a couple different levels. One of them being the very next week was the Iron Bowl. So you were going to keep it as basic and vanilla as you possibly could. You weren't going to run three, four, five wide receiver sets. You were going to try to maintain some of that mystery going into that game, especially with the change coming at quarterback from Tua Tonga Bailoa to Mac Jones. But you did see Mac, you did see uh, John Mechie next wide receiver in in that game to go along with uh, with Jerry Judy and Devonte Smith and uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, so that kind of spoke to the pecking order, at least at the end of the regular season. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's tough to replace guys like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. Judy electric um, Ruggs, when you talk about efficiency as far as turning touchdowns, <laughs> turning touches into touchdowns, uh, that was Henry Ruggs III. He had, by my count, uh, Henry Ruggs III in his Alabama career had right at 100 total touches. And of that total, uh, 25 went for touchdowns. So that's once every four times he touched the football. Henry Ruggs III finished in the end zone. And Henry Ruggs III made some contributions even in special teams. Henry Ruggs III, in terms of just total football players, all-around football players, right there with a guy like Xavier McKinney on the defensive side of the ball. All the different things that Xavier McKinney could do and contribute uh, in over the course of a game, whether it was defense, special teams, that's pretty much Henry Ruggs III. Just kind of the offensive version of that. So we've got a breakdown of the wide receiver position for our premium subscribers available for you right now at BamaOnline.com. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of BOL Daybreak. As always, we appreciate you joining us here on the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, we hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast. Maybe leave us a rating there, a review. It'll help us with the old algorithm. At least that's what they tell me. Whether you're working today, whether you're off, I hope you have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll do it again on Wednesday when BOL Daybreak returns on the Built by Bama online podcast.